0: Special edition of the Night Report Podcast for this instant reaction. I'm um, your co-host Mike Broadbent. Joining me is my co-host Richie Schneiderite. Richie, the uh, the long, painful holdout is finally over. We have an offensive coordinator, believe it or not. Somehow we have an offensive coordinator before we have a speaker of the house. I know there was a funny poll on Twitter about that. Uh it has now been about 90 days since we fired Sean Gleason in October, and about 40 days since we fired him, or since 40 days since the end of the season. Familiar name to a lot of Rutgers fans, Kirk Soraka. He was previously the offensive coordinator at Rutgers in 2009 and 2010. He uh, also coached wide receivers in 2008. Um, This was a list, this was a guy who I didn't see on any hot board list. I didn't hear discussed at all. Just kind of had news break tonight about Kirk Soraka leaving uh, Minnesota to go to Rutgers. Is this this is kind of about what I expected at this point? This is like the high watermark given that we've waited so long and we've probably been turned down by a lot of teams or a lot of uh offensive
1: coordinators. Tell me your, your gut reaction. How do you feel about this hire? Um it's a it's a weird hire. Um I'm not gonna say it was great, but I'm not gonna say it's the worst in the world. Uh he's yep. obviously had some success since being fired by Greg Schiano back in 2010. Yep. But he was fired by Greg Schiano back in 2010. So that's why it's a little <laughs> weird. Like, I get it's a retread, yeah. but usually retreads aren't guys you fired. Usually retreads are like a guy that like, all oh, right, like, hey, John McNulty left there or, or Frank Cignetti left and he went and got a better job or something. Yep. It's like, all right, that's a retread because he went and got a better job. He came back. Um, Like, even Greg Schiano's a retread at the end of the day. Yeah. I think that's a good example. Like, he he got a better job. He moved on. Didn't work out. He came back. Retread. You don't usually see a retread that was fired, but... uh. He's obviously rebuilt his career quite a bit since uh, being on the banks in 2010. Uh, He went down to the FCS level for a couple of stops as a position coach and uh, PJ Fleck, which was his buddy at the time at Rutgers, uh, ended up hiring him as OC at Western Michigan. Now year one at Western Michigan, yikes, bad year, Rutgers uh, 2021 athletics uh, or football program offense type numbers, but he rebuilt that offense produced some some pretty solid seasons with Western Michigan enough that obviously went to Minnesota with Fleck. Um he had a weird yeah, stint from,
0: from from year 1 Go to year 2. In 2013 was the first year at Western Michigan. They, had, you know, they went 1-11. They averaged 17 mm-hmm. points a game. Year 2 they went 8 and 5 and averaged almost 34 points a game. So yeah.
1: so it, it did get better obviously. So year 1 you got to work with whatever you got. Yep, which not a good sign for 2023 for Rutgers, but uh he also did the same thing at Minnesota. Year one at Minnesota, it was like, a uh, yikes. And then it just rebuilt a little bit and got better and better. Uh, then there was that weird year in 2020 where I don't think I'd judge him too much on that. That was the COVID year. They didn't have spring ball when he was with Penn State. They lost Journey Brown, who was their starting running back to his uh, career-ending injury, actually. Um, I know him and Franklin had some differences when during uh, his lone year there. But I don't know if i judge him too much on that. And then... Uh, I think it was what he did like a volunteer offensive assistant type role at West Virginia and then right back to Minnesota this year. Uh Minnesota had a decent year so not great, not bad. Uh like I said this is uh that's kind of the the whole consensus with this hire. Not not great, but not bad. So it's like yeah that, that's kind of my overall feeling with this. It's like you could have done better, you could have done worse. So I'll, I'll call it like a middle of the pack hire.
0: Yeah, so he obviously was at Minnesota for 3 years after he left Western Michigan with uh, with P.J. Fleck. Mm-hmm. They had uh, just a, an incredible stable of talent at, at Minnesota in 2019. They had two NFL receivers. They had two stud running backs. Uh, they had Tanner Morgan, who had his best career year under uh, under him in 2019. One of his have, eight years. Yeah, one of his eight years <laughs> he's been in college. Um, it's interesting seeing this and seeing how many other players that are on their stat sheet from 2019 are actually still on their team uh, and producing so Brevin Spanford, their their standout tight end, was there um, in, his, mm-hmm. in his freshman season. Uh, they had Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. Like they had a ton of talent, and they put up numbers. But then he went to Penn State in 2020, and like you've alluded to, it was the the COVID mm-hmm. year. You know they had like a two week long spring, or they had like a two week long training camp in October to get ready for a season that they weren't even expecting to have. So got to give him a pass there. Mm-hmm. I mean, from what I'm, my opinion on this, it's, it's meh. Like this is about the best you could expect given how long we've had to wait and how many times he's probably been turned down. Like, because being realistic, this is not his first choice. Uh, He might've had interest early on and we'll kind of get into that conspiracy theory that we've kind of come (laughs) up with on our own. Um, There might've been an initial conversation with Kirk uh, Mm -hmm. in December and then he kind of circled back around to him, but this is not gonna be a hire that excites people. He he runs a power spread. He doesn't run this, you know, exciting new, you know, uh, air raid style offense that we've all speculated that might come to Rutgers Mm. based on some, you know, dot connecting that ended up not being true. Um, I don't think we could really expect a lot of the offense this year, unless we, you know, just hit the portal running and just land a bunch of guys late who end up being better than a lot of teams expect, because if you're still in the portal at this point, you're probably a plan B, plan C level kid. Um,
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Let's dive into that, because we've kind of identified a few targets in the portal that transferred out of Minnesota. Uh, You want to speak to those two guys?
1: Um, Yeah, so uh, Ike White. Uh, 2022 wide receiver, um, went to St. Francis Academy, obviously one of the top producing programs in the Northeast by far. I think um, I think you could probably argue that they're number one or number two right now in the Northeast yeah. in terms of producing college talent. But uh, 5.63 star, number 14 in Maryland a year ago, just entered the transfer portal. He didn't do anything this year. Uh, so, I mean, he's in the portal. He's from the East Coast. It would make a lot of sense. Rutgers needs receivers. I don't care who you are at this point. You might just yeah. take them. We need multiple um,
0: Three, if we're being honest.
1: Yeah, he's he's a little shorter than his profile list. I know uh, we listed him at six foot, 175. Minnesota listed him five eleven one eighty five. 5'11, 185. So up 10 pounds, down one inch. But uh, he's, he's, it seems like he's pretty good. I was watching his high school tape, and it's end of the day, it's St. Francis. You can get a connection there. Yep. Shit, man. Like, even the second tier guys are huge there. So. And Absolutely. then speaking of huge, the, the other guy entered the portal is six eight two eighty, uh, offensive tackle Cameron James out of a uh, Chicago, Illinois and Simeon Academy or Simeon high school. Yeah. I forget if it's a Simeon's a huge school one. as well. Yeah. So That's I mean, really, that Darren would be Rose interesting played one. basketball and uh, mm-hmm. Davis went as well. Yeah. So he's only been on campus for a year and a half. Uh, he, 2021, he redshirted it. 2022. We didn't see any time on the field, but, uh, I mean, he, he's massive. This kind of fits your, your mold that you kind of want an offensive line for Rutgers. Uh, you see Holland Pierce, you see Willie Tyler, you see, um, I'm missing someone else. Uh, Don, even the guys coming in, Dominic Revere, Moselle Williams, these guys are all huge. But yep. so it wouldn't be shocking to me if they went after him either. Um, I know Ike just entered, Ike White entered the portal, what, like five days ago, not even five days ago, like two just, days yeah, ago? Within a week, yeah. Yeah, and Cameron James has been in the portal since December, so I'm I know it might sound like there's might not not a ton of interest there, but uh, I would try to push to get both of these on campus almost immediately. And uh, it seems like yeah. these guys both have solid high school careers and could be better, uh, even if they're depth options. They could be better than what you have. So I mean, I'd, I'd go after both, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and we'll see. You know what kind of connections Sirocco brings based on the guys he's recruited while he's been at. You know the different stops he's been at recently, because you never really know. Who knows? Maybe. He convinces some offensive players to, to join him for Minnesota. Minnesota has a young quarterback, and Ethan, whatever his last name is, it's, it's a great name. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I know he was very high in, on uh, on that quarterback, and also they have a very close relationship. Mm-hmm. I, wa- I want to kind of talk through um, Soraka's first stint here. So he started off in 2008 as the wide receivers coach. He oversaw uh, Kenny Britt's senior or junior year, where he became a first-round mm. pick. Then, in 2009, he was elevated to the offensive coordinator. Uh, that was Tom Savage's freshman year. Also, it was Mohamed Sanu's uh, sophomore year, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, no, that was his freshman year as well. Sorry, because they were both freshmen oh. at the same time. Oh yeah, you're right. So, I think Soraka also had a key role in recruiting Tom Savage to Rutgers. Um, so they went nine and four. They averaged twenty eight point eight points per game. Pretty good offense. Everybody assumed, you know, this was going to be a hot, you know, a very very good team coming into twenty ten. And mm-hmm. then, you know, tragedy kind of struck. Um, that was the year that Eric Grand got paralyzed, and the whole season kind of went down the tubes. Because I mean, I don't blame them. It was, you know, a terrible experience for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like, you know, what the the co- <clears throat> almost like comparable to like the COVID year. You can't really like judge. How a team did after their one of their teammates got paralyzed. So they went four and eight that, mm-hmm. after that season. They went uh, scored twenty point eight points per game. They ran a lot of that wild night stuff with, like Jeremy Deering. Oh, um, everybody was just like so sick of that because the wildcat stuff at that point was like five years old. Like if you remember, like Ronnie Brown on the the the, the Dolphins was the, the first player to like really use it. That was the uh, that one year that the Patriots didn't win the AFC championship or the AFC East title in the two thousands uh, with Tony Sperano. Mm-hmm. So they were just running these old concepts. It just wasn't working. And then he got fired. Um, so that was his last stint at Rutgers. And then he you know, revitalized his career at Western Michigan and Minnesota. Um, yeah. so that's just a quick recap of, of Soraka 1.0 at Rutgers.
1: So that final year there was 316 carries for the, the offense A hundred and forty of those were to Muhammad Sanu and Jeremy Deary. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that was
0: that was a really weird year uh, offensively at Rutgers. Yeah, that was also the same uh... the same year that Savage got benched for Chase Dodd, and then Savage transferred out. um, Yeah, because Savage had like a rough start to that season, if you remember. um, Twenty ten. I'm looking at his game logs right now. Um. Game one was against Norfolk State, obviously blew him out. But then mm-hmm. FIU, he had a rough game. North Carolina, um, he had a really rough game, he went sixteen for twenty nine. Then he got benched against Tulane, and that was kind of like the end of his Rockers career.
1: Yeah. I know looking up to that, I know the Army game obviously was the one where Eric got hurt. Um even before that though, like the offense was putting up stinkers. Like they lost to Tulane. Yeah. Yep. They gave up they scored nineteen on FIU. Yep, Is that a Crystal Ball FIU. It might have been. It was. It was a seven-one Crystal Ball team.
0: So that was also Ty Holton's. Uh, that was the. I think his junior year or senior year. He, yeah, he was just dirty because I remember mm-hmm. he he returned like a, a kick return against my uh, Alabama for a touchdown. Like he was just really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he reminds
1: me so much of their other FIU receiver that just entered the portal. It was actually at Maryland next year, and Tyrese Chambers oh, and Tyrese extremely Chambres, similar. Yeah. Like builds and players and all that so so Tyrese Chambers is going to be at Maryland you said uh Tyrese Chambers yeah Tyrese Chambers and Caden Prather are, are both at Maryland wow. so Maryland very... uh doing whatever they can for Italia next year but uh yeah going back to Kirk uh I, I don't know it's a meh hire. like I don't, I don't see anything special I don't think it's great I think it's a little risky on Shiano's part to uh kind of hinge your career on this but
0: yeah and it's we'll it's it's so clear that it, like This is not his first choice. Um, But speaking of that, I do want to kind of, you know, we'll all put our tinfoil hats on right now.
1: We got to buy one. I'm just going to buy one. We got to buy one.
0: So, Kirk Soraka on December 9th, it was announced he got a contract extension with Minnesota for three more years to be their offensive coordinator. So, in 2023, he was scheduled to make $900,000 following years scheduled to make 950. A year after that, he was scheduled to make a million. He was previously making six twenty five. So the timing of this is interesting. Obviously the end of the, the college football season was, uh, the 26th of November. That was the re- end of the regular season anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he gets that extension on December 9th. Very interesting. Um, considering, you know, he was probably having teams reach out to him. Maybe Gianna reached out to him previously. Uh, He signs that deal. So he's had that deal for less than a month now, and he's already leaving. Uh, He does have a $275,000 buyout. Um, So you got to wonder, because Pete Thamel's quote, or Pete Thamel's tweet, very carefully worded tweet. (laughs) Let me pull that up right now. Mentioned that he was going to make a substantial commitment with this offensive coordinator hire. So here's the direct tweet from Pete Pamel. Sources. Rutgers is targeting Minnesota's Kirk Soraka to be the school's new offensive coordinator. The deal is not complete, but is expected to happen in the upcoming days. Rutgers is expected to make a substantial commitment to bring in former offensive coordinator. So that's verbatim what Pete Pamel said. Substantial commitment to me when he's already scheduled to make 900, 950, and one over the next 3 years that has to be like to offset one, that buyout point for 275,000 1.2 for Kirk yeah that's 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 a tough look
1: yeah no i mean 100% um i just think it's a lot of money like even like i guess looking back at Gleason like we looked at Gleason we we're like oh no like you just stole Oklahoma yep. state's offensive coordinator like Guy had a pretty decent background. I'm like, all right, and like and Gleason. Like end of the day, Gleason knows offenses. I don't know what the hell happened with him at Rutgers, but some questionable play calling uh, decisions there. But uh, th- this this just doesn't scream to me like a million dollar hire. Like I don't think nope. it should be a million dollar hire. But it, end of the day, it's going to be probably more than a million dollars. So uh, I don't. I just keep reading all the replies and stuff, and like Minnesota fans aren't like. No, don't go, Kirk. Stop, stay. It's like yeah, go ahead and have fun. Like we'll we'll find someone. We're not concerned. Um, it's just I don't know, man. This is just the yeah higher. I mean, for Minnesota, you got to think like this is like deflection number four on the year. Yeah, they've lost a lot of staff.
0: I I think they're having you know they're having trouble keeping coaches. I don't know why. It seems like seems like PJ Flex was one of those coaches that like really could only deal with for like bursts of time, like five, six years, and then his shit gets old. Um, but I, I did have uh, – I got a quote from – you have a couple quotes about him too, so I'll read yeah. mine first. I got a quote from Go Tony Bieber about uh, about Kirk Soraka, just kind of like – because I've been hitting this guy up like all off season for all these different, <laughs> uh, you know, players that were recruiting who used to play at Minnesota, etc. So he said, to be completely honest, he's a guy that's bounced around a lot, and outside of one big year in 2019, he's just been solid. I think it was time for a change at Minnesota, and there's no reason he cannot be successful at Rutgers. So not necessarily a glowing endorsement, but not necessarily dragging the eye either. Just kind of like what he was doing, you know, it's time for a change.
1: Um, yeah, I just realized. I forgot he's getting to reunite with Curtis Dunlap, too. He's getting uh, to
0: reunite with Curtis Dunlap. Uh, junior Simiac
1: obviously, worked with him. Um, I no, not technically... Was he? Actually, take it back. I don't know if he did get Curtis Dunlap. Because Dunlap wasn't there last year.
0: Oh, that's right. Dunlap I think Dunlap was, was a twenty twenty kid.
1: Twenty eighteen. When, oh, when was twenty eighteen? So Minnesota? he would have been
0: there. Yeah. He was there from twenty seventeen to okay. twenty
1: nineteen. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Um but yeah, no, I also spoke to obviously uh, the Minnesota Rivals guys and they uh what a shot by Meg. Jeez. <laughs> that was something. Um and he basically just said uh He's, like an, he's an OC that will go to his team strength. Uh, in the past, he's loved to use a lot of shotgun almost 90% of the time, Use tight ends in various situations, and uh, a lot of wide receiver screens. So I feel like we've heard this before. Who used yep. a lot of wide receiver screens at Rutgers? Who is going to use the tight ends and just didn't use the tight ends? Um, he, he also said his t- offenses aren't terribly explosive. They'll move the ball at decent clips here and there, but – that's mostly thanks to getting key matchups and such. My issue with that is, I hear that. I don't see weapons that they could do yeah. that type of thing. Like, I know you said it off air to me. Like, it's going to be really dependent on one on one situations. Tell me who's winning a one on one situation on this team currently on yeah, offense. I don't, I don't see it. Like, we don't, don't have anybody. any,
0: like, I don't, unfortunately, Shiano, one, doesn't like to go <clears throat> with coaches that he's not, you know, intimately familiar with. And two, it doesn't seem like he's comfortable dealing with schemes that he's also not intimately familiar with. So we're basically running these schemes that rely on, you know, one-on-one matchups being won, and also, you know, quarterbacks, making pinpoint accurate passes instead of just like running route concepts and schemes that just create space and create easy opportunities for like easy completions for quarterbacks. Like mm-hmm. we're making this hard on ourselves. Like cause Caraca runs a power spread. Will he be better than Gleason? Probably. But like How this much? is just kind of more of the same that we've been dealing with. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't see this as a huge upgrade. It is an upgrade, but it's not a huge upgrade.
1: So he averaged twenty eight points per game, right? Mm-hmm. This is my thinking. And I'm not trying to be negative here, but it's gonna sound negative. Uh, it, it is negative, what I'm gonna say. He had twenty eight points per game with a guy that had sixteen hundred rushing yards. He also played yep. quarterback roulette, which we saw all season long, which I think no one ever wants to deal with again. Yep. And it sounds like we might be dealing with it again, because he did it at Rutgers with Dodd and Savage. He did it with Tom Savage, freshman All-American Tom Savage. Yep. What do you think he's going to do? With... It's not freshman All-American, Gavin Wimson. Yeah. Like It's going to be quarterback roulette again. He just did it with Tanner Morgan, who was like the uh, eighth-year veteran, and then Ethan, <laughs> who I don't even know what Ethan was, a second-year player. Yeah, I think guess. he was a retro rich-rich yeah.
0: freshman. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. I just... I, I'm not sold on this hire. Like, I, I get it. Like, his offense looked decent last year. And I think a majority of that is because you had Muhammad Ibrahim run for 320 attempts. Remember the attempts that's I just told crazy. you? It was 316 attempts for Rutgers' offense total last time he was OC. That guy ran for 320 on his own. Like, and that's and depending He was banged on your, up, too. He had yeah, he, the he here. If he doesn't get those, he had 20 touchdowns. If he doesn't get 20 touchdowns, that offense stunk. Yep. So I hate to say it, like it's not, and you're going to pay 1.2? Like, I just, I don't get it. And
0: and let's just throw a caveat in there that we don't know the financial terms yet, but given that he's going to have to pay $275,000, you got to offset that somehow.
1: I I don't get it personally. Um, I think it's a little questionable, but can't really say much. I know uh, we listed a couple different names too. And like one interesting name today, like we actually posted our hot board today. Ironically, <laughs> I knew this was, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. When I posted, it's like, yeah, go fuck yourself Rich. Yep. Higher. Um, but there was another name on there. I thought Tim Cramsey made so much sense. Like from Memphis, he, he has a good, and you got to shy away from the tree. Like, I know I get it. Like you love these guys. Like they're your, your core group, but shy away from it a little bit here and there. It tends to work. Like, Simiak wasn't any relation to you. Yeah, he was a Jersey guy then, and anybody had no relation to like Shiano or any of the staff. It was, and look at that—that's working out great. Yeah, I I would have went with a young up and comer personally, but we'll see what Soraka can do. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now, because um, we do have to see what his offense is going to look like. But uh, like I said, the numbers aren't anything spectacular. Like I don't see Sam Brown running three hundred and twenty times. In this no. Game.
0: I mean, this would be fine if we had, like, an established, like, group of personnel <laughs> or identity. Yeah, if we had, like, you know, a decent offensive line and an experienced <clears throat> quarterback, this would, you know, this would be fine. But we're, we're working with, like, a talent deficiency still, yeah. um, especially at, at the skill position. So it's, it's just going to be tough to put up points and put up yards next year for any offensive coordinator that's not, you know, scheming up really innovative and really... Uh, Confusing play calls. So I don't, I don't know. Um, no obviously, the staff also is a bit in flux. Like we don't know who's coming back. A lot of that's going to kind of be finalized over the the next um, what you know week or two. The AFCA right? convention, yeah. The AFC the AFCA convention is next week or this weekend. I'm sorry, the, or maybe it's maybe it's early next week. Oh, the eighth. That's I think usually it's Monday. For, yeah, that's usually when a lot of mm-hmm. coaching changes get made, and that's when you kind of reconnect with a lot of guys. See how, you know, they're liking, you know, coaching under Coach X. Oh, you you mm-hmm. hate it? You know, we have a, an open running back position, and I'm just throwing a position out there. Yeah. So maybe, you know, maybe we see a couple staff shakeups because, uh, as you've alluded to, there's been certain coaches that don't seem to be re- being brought up a lot by recruits or being tagged in posts on social media, so... It'll be interesting to see uh, who who ends up sticking around for 2023.
1: Yeah, the, it's, I know we alluded to it before, but it seems like Aurich is getting the most tags by recruits right now, which yeah. is kind of odd, I guess. Um, I know I talked to one kid who even told me, he's, and, and I wouldn't read too much into this because Augie is still on staff from what I know. Yep. But one kid told me he's like, yeah, the O line coach, uh, Coach Valone uh, told me all about the offer, and I was like, oh, O line coach. I know he's like an os- assistant, but like yeah, getting mentioned by quite a few recruits. I wouldn't be surprised if Shiano eventually promoted him, whether that be this year or down the line. But uh, mm-hmm. and then even looking at like quarterback recruiting, I was I was I did a deep dive, and it's going to be in the war room as well. But so there's seven quarterback offers right, right out uh, out there right now. Um, two committed already to T- TCU and Georgia. One's a Michigan lean. One has a top eight in Michael Van Buren, who doesn't feature Rutgers. Mm -hmm. One's Jake Merklinger, who also has a top list, and it's Tennessee, Florida, Michigan State. At least two quarterbacks. Dan Kalen out of Nebraska, who I talked to yesterday and told me he hasn't heard from Rutgers in months. Basically, done. See you later. And A.J. Serace, who was very close with Sean Gleason. Yeah. Yep.
0: Princeton head
1: coach's son, yep. Now I listed a couple QBs out there in the like Mid Atlantic region to have Power Five offers, but none of them are like needle movers. Like, you, yeah. I don't know who that they're going to do. I don't either. Um,
0: I think that's kind of a a tomorrow's problem. We need to get the staff in, in shape before we could even start recruiting kids. So yeah, I also think we're going to start to see some movement on the transfer portal because I think you have to you have like to. I, yeah. with this. It's clear that we need some some bodies some. some I'd say better than bodies at a lot of positions. So hopefully this allows us to start progressing the off season the way it probably should have been from, you know, the end of the season, but that's a luxury we Mm -hmm. didn't have because we didn't have a staff in place. Um,
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Okay. There's, there's, there's the victory.
0: Yeah. So we're recording this as the Rutgers game is finishing up. We'll have a a pot in the morning about the basketball game, but we wanted to get this out to you guys as soon as we could, as soon as we possibly could. Is there anything else you wanted yeah. to hit on before we before we sign off here?
1: Uh, January 15th uh, is the first junior day. I spoke with Kevin Haywood, four-star offensive lineman out of Archbishopwood. Um, Rutgers loves him. Obviously, they would take him in a heartbeat. Uh, now, the downside is is we already have future cast in for him for Penn State. I think he's going to give Rutgers the time of day, though, because Matt Walp well, Matt Wolfe, Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's Matt Walps' former uh, high school head coach, so that's always a good sign to get that guy on camp or have him on staff to help with that. Um, they are going to keep pushing. They're going to try to get him. Um, at the end of the day, it's going to be a tough one, but January 15th, it seems like a lot of guys are going to be on campus. I know Marquis Easley, the recent Illinois author, also said he's going to try to get on campus. He isn't 100% sure, nothing set in stone and all that that nonsense you want to talk about. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is going to be interesting. We know they want a wide receiver. They want a tight end. I hate to break it to you. It doesn't sound like they're going to get a quarterback, and they want no. a defensive tackle. So that's the top three. We'll see what happens after that. Um, that's that's kind of it until tomorrow, I guess. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the the Hoops team, and I guess we could talk a little Hoops recruiting, too. That's always fun.
0: Yeah, a little tease there. Um, exciting oh, so I'll that. be
1: there tomorrow night, I forgot about. Yeah. For, so uh, Dylan and uh, DJ Wagner.
0: So tell uh, hype that up a little bit because I think there's going to be a, a, a special group of Rutgers fans there as well.
1: Yeah, so the uh, the Riot Squad is going to be there in attendance. It's at Canes, at Union... Uh, game starts at seven thirty, I believe it is, or seven or seven thirty. I gotta double check. It's the Irish Alan Iverson Classic. Uh, Camden, who features Kentucky commit DJ Wagner, Kentucky commit Aaron Bradshaw, versus Don Bosco Prep, which is obviously Dylan Harper, who we all know. And uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a showdown. It's gonna be really good. Two um two NBA bloodlines between those two um between their fathers who both played in the league, and uh, it's just gonna be a really good game. I I suggest getting there early. Um, there is a game before there at five thirty between Newark West Side and Newark East Side. I'm probably just gonna I I don't know much about those teams. I'm just gonna go and just watch just because I like basketball and I want to get in there right away. Tickets are <laughs> exclusively at the door, so make sure you get there like in time and you're not waiting in this cold weather. But I guess it's not really cold anymore, so I don't know. But, yeah, it's uh, been gorgeous last few days. Yeah, definitely get there uh, get there early. And then uh, Riot Squad's also saying if you're a Rutgers fan or alum or whatever, wear red and Show your support for dylan you know last time they did this it, it kind of worked out with cliff so we'll see yeah and,
0: and Rutgers fans will have a couple opportunities to to show uh to show dylan some love at big events this obviously this tomorrow and then also the uh the front office guys are hosting another basket yes. new jersey basketball classic on the 22nd of january
1: 22nd yeah i yeah. can see the date um yep. that should be a good one as well and the riot squad's going to be there as well so i mean that's
0: that's at ramapo right
1: that's no. at Ramapo. That's like four different games. And there's several Rutgers targets in that uh, little classic. So definitely keep an eye on that one.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, again, we appreciate you guys <clears> joining <throat> us. Again, we, we're trying to get this out as quick as possible. So if more details emerge tonight, we'll discuss it tomorrow morning when we record the yeah. basketball podcast. But for me and Richie, this has been another edition of the Net Report Podcast. Signing off.